Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to King of the Road. It's time for part three, and it's an episode I am so excited for. We are going to be focusing on the wonderful decade of the 90s. It's a decade where football changed dramatically it has never looked the same since and it's a decade that changed Chelsea Football Club forever I'm delighted to welcome my guest today Uh, a lot of you will know him already he has an Instagram account called cfc underscore 90s you should definitely check that out but it is a joy to have him here and to discuss this decade and also a joy to say that you're here off the back of a win just about raw wasn't easy was it I think we were, um, for 80 minutes, struggling. Yeah, Watford were good. Yeah, Watford they were, were very really good. good. Really impressed with them, actually. Um, they passed it well. They pressed well. They, I think their manager's going to go far, if I'm honest. I, I think he's one to look out for. Yeah, they, they played very well. But we showed good spirit, though. I was, you know, we I was were resilient, pleased. weren't we? I was pleased with, with the spirit. Um, at, at 2-1 down, I mean, you, you know me, I'm quite negative. I was sort of already <laughs> writing Conte's uh, leaving speech for him. Um Oh, I no. think I think we did show what we we know Conte's teams have got, and that is a bit of yeah. I completely spirit. agree with that because people were drawing similarities between this team and the Mourinho team from mm. a couple of years back that yeah. really let you know a championship winning team mm. fall apart. But crucially, that Mourinho team never ever showed the spirit that we saw the other day against Correct. Watford. Yeah. So I think that the, you know the seeds are there, and you know we now have a big game. We're going to be playing Everton, hopefully getting to Wembley. We're on the up. We're on the up, and um, you know my thoughts on it. I think that you know the Carling Cup, as I still call it, um, Coca Cola Cup, Coca Cola (laughs) Cup, even that was the nineties one. Um, The importance of that is 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 so big to me. Do you know what, mate? It's so interesting to hear you say that because I completely agree with you. I completely agree. And anybody who watches YouTube channel or has listened to this podcast previously, they will know that I have so much love for the domestic cup competitions in this country. Are we a dying breed? I think we are. Yeah, I think if you ask the kids and the and the younger generation, that comes very very low on their list of what what is important in football now. But to our generation, um, the day out at Wembley of our face painted and the whole yeah. the whole thing about getting to Wembley just was so huge. But the amount of times we've been to Wembley in the last ten fifteen years. For games that even haven't had that much significance, sort of takes the gloss off it for me. Um, someone mentioned the other day if we were to draw Tottenham in the FA Cup in the quarterfinals, we could end up playing there twice before we've even got to the final. And I think that's a big part of it for me, is that whole day out at Wembley has lost its appeal. Wembley's certainly not the hallowed turf that it no, once was, definitely. but it is still a special day out, isn't it? For me personally, I mean, I, I still can't 
watch Arsenal. I mean, I measure <laughs> I measure a defeat in one way, how often I can watch it back, and I still haven't seen Costa's goal from May. Yes, that, that's yeah. how much that hurt me. That, yeah, yeah, that I defeat. agree. So you know, you're you're a father of the father of three lads. Do they feel like this about the cup? You know, I see them at the bridge all the time. Do cup. they feel like this about the cups? No, no interest. No, really? No, I'm, I can't remember it was last season, Bristol City Rovers. Yeah, Bristol Rovers. We, yeah. Um, and both of them were trying to um, make excuses on the morning of the match not to go. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it hasn't got that appeal. It's it's that whole premiership. Yes, yes. Champions yes. League, obviously, is 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 a real good good one from this season because right. I haven't seen that so much. But no, the, the cup competitions are a dying breed, I think. And really? I think it's such a shame. Well, do you know what? We're going to take you back in time now to a time when the cup competitions meant everything, everything. to us. Everything. They really did, yeah, didn't they? they? Draw, yeah. I, th- I think my first, my first uh, foray into the brilliance of the FA Cup actually came in 1994. Correct, I, I, I agree. And it didn't end particularly well, but it was an incredible road to that final. It was unreal. I mean, um, 94 is is still etched in my memory because it is the last time I think I cried at a football match was um, the final against United. Um, but as you say, it started with a, with a glamorous nil-nil draw with Barnet, if I'm correct. It did, yeah. We brought them back to the bridge, didn't brought we? Brought them back to the bridge, beat them 4-0, and I think we then won our run. Uh, uh, the, the cup, the game that sticks in my mind in that run was, well, there's a couple actually, Wolves. Wolves away. Wolves, Wolves at home. Wolves at home, for yeah. Because um, everyone was on the pitch after. Yeah. And as, as a 15-year-old, that is like, it was major at the time. Yeah. It wasn't too often that Chelsea fans had much to celebrate on the pitch at the time, but everyone got on the pitch with the big flag, the big That's the, right. the, yeah, the yeah, original yeah, flag, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ran towards the east end of it. So that was major. And then we went on to play Luton at Wembley. Kerry Dixon playing Kerry against Dixon us. Kerry Dixon played, got the best reception I've ever seen for an ex-player, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, it was definitely near on 45,000 Chelsea there that day at Wembley. And it was... It, it felt like we was on the verge of something. Not quite there, but just a taste. We was getting the taste of it. We was getting the taste of yeah. being back at Wembley. Well, we managed that year. Obviously, we played Manchester United in the final. And I think there was an air of optimism around people there at Stamford Bridge because we'd beaten them twice, hadn't we? We had. We'd beaten them twice. Gavin Peacock scoring in both games. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, we, we, played the, we played the team our that eventually were up. won the Our towels were definitely up. Um we actually held them nil-nil till half-time in the cup We hit final. the bar as we well. hit the bar, Peacock again. Yeah. Then the heavens opened um, and David Ellery showed up, gave a dodgy penalty. One of them was a dead cert, even though we didn't think it at the time. And then, I mean, they were double winners. Let's yeah. not get it wrong. They were they were Ferguson's first great team. There's no two ways about it. Yes. And um, at that moment, in the, in the rain at Wembley Stadium, I think a lot of people thought that our chance had... Vanished. Yeah, definitely. That was it. That was it. That, we'd had our day out. Um, we were going to go back to mid-table, mid-table mediocrity. No more cup runs. But luckily, we had a, a man called Glenn Hoddle at the uh, at the reins at the time. Who personally, I think, is our probably our most important signing ever. If if I'm right, if if I'm right in what. I'm, well, off the off the back of him. We then managed there to no start. There was no yeah, huge. absolutely. There's we, no Hullet. There's no huge about Glenn Hoddle. We managed to start attracting players that were previously not really on our radar. Exactly. We had, we had, I mean we had a we had a European run the next season. We did off the back of that Wembley because of which also could have been very different because Manchester United went the into double. the Champions League. Correct. Yeah. We as a cup winners went into 
as, as the cup finalist, yes. went into the Carling, uh, the cup, the cup winners' cup. So for the first time in twenty, it's a European football four years or whatever it was. I remember special night against Bruges. Yes, we won two. We had to, had to overturn very, a defeat. Very, the, I, I still haven't witnessed an atmosphere like that. Yeah. Personally, I think I was in the benches that night. In front I of was the West Matthew Stand. Harding lower. And for 15 minutes before the game, you, you hear about that now in foreign grounds and stuff like yeah. that. For 15 minutes before the game, the ground was filled and filled and it was loud. And I, I still get hairs on the back of my, the back of my neck now thinking about it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's no doubt in my mind that the fans cheered them goals on that night that got us through I can remember do you know it's funny isn't it like you can remember so many things from that era so vividly and yet if you asked me to name the four scorers who <laughs> yeah. against Watford I'd probably struggle <laughs> exactly, yeah. but it's cause in it's... terms of in terms of like that I can remember I think I think Paul Furlong he made a block yeah. on the edge of his own D yeah. and ran the length of the pitch yeah. the ball broke and then he turned it in just sort of gently co- right. passing it into the net and what was unique about then which we always seemed to, we had to wear our away kits at the home games. It was strange. It was for the tangerine reason, and graphite, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. For some reason, in the Cupman's Cup in them days, any photos that are abandoned about now that I do put up, um, and the away kit pops up, it's it's at our home games, which is uh, I don't know what UEFA was thinking about that, if I'm honest. <laughs> and then so we overcame Bruges. Yeah, we overcame Bruges, but then we came up against Zaragoza. Um, we made a fight of it because we got we we lost I convincingly away. Poye, I think Poye, Poye was the man. On. He turned it on yeah. against us. Yeah, probably had his name marked down after that as a as a potential signing, probably. But um, yeah, I, I don't think it was a very successful trip. No, yeah, no, we we lost convincingly away. Yes, but then at Stanford Bridge, I watched, again, we I watched the away it. game back in the days. They used to do beanbags. Yes, I watched. Yeah. Um, I watched the away game on Beanback, sat in the upper tier of the Matthew Harding, and they actually put an old, like almost a like a cinema projector screen, screen yeah, yeah, onto yeah, yeah. the onto the pitch. So our times change. So it, in them days, the, the Cupman's Cup wasn't. I don't think it was even on telly at that stage. I don't think there was a Channel Five. Mm. There was no Channel Five. BBC may have had the odd game, but it it doesn't get like the the exposure football gets now which we will touch on the difference in football in the decades, was part of the reason that the exposure wasn't there. So these sort of games, we had to go to Stamford Bridge to watch yeah. because there was no other way of watching it. Yeah, yeah. And sadly, it wasn't to be. No. But something something happened, not only at Chelsea Football Club, but something happened in England and Britain around 1997. Things changed. Yeah. There was a new government brought there an, in. There was an optimism in the country, without a doubt. It was an era that has since been dubbed Cool Britannia. That's right, yeah. New Labour came in with yeah. new ideas for yeah. politics and what was going to make Britain different yeah. and pull it into a modern era and make it a hub yeah. of the world again. Yeah. And... There was, like you say, there was an optimism. There were. This was all on the back of Euro '96 as well, which was obviously absolutely huge at the time. Um, England, the last English football team that I can remember that I fully was on the edge of my seat watching. Um, yes, Gazza in his pomp. Well, there were some wonderful results for that England Shira. team in that '96 yeah. tournament. But as the well. whole country united as as I've never ever seen it. Yes. Um, I don't think we ever will see it again, if I'm honest. No, it was, it was, there was just an air of optimism. There was yeah. a good vibe around the entire like country, wasn't there? Well, I know we look back with tinted glasses, but it does feel like it was a, 
it was sunny every day while you were 96 was on, but I don't know if that's just looking yeah, yeah, with yeah, my yeah. Uh, rose-tinted glasses on, you know? But yeah, it was, so it was a wonderful period. We're off the back of a successful Euro 96 for England. Sadly, not as successful as we hoped, but it was good. New Labour came in, things were on the up. The music scene of Britain was as vibrant as it ever been. Well, it, it was well, back. It, it was back in its pomp. It was as big as it had ever been since the sixties. Um, Blur and Oasis on headline news. You know, this was this was Stones and Beatles levels. This was it was front page of the newspapers. It was, but it was record breaking gigs, wasn't it? It was yes. Nebworth for yes. three days, which yeah. had never been done before. On, it yeah. was. It was just. It it was Beatlemania. Yeah, Beatlemania. It it really yeah. was, and it wasn't only you know the indie music scene was very vibrant, and it wasn't only you know as much as well, Oasis it, it, get the headlines. It wasn't even indie. It was this was dominating mainstream charts. That yeah, was it was. Difference. Well, because you had wonderful bands on, off just off the top of my head. You had bands like Ocean Colour Scene, who the Verve. Yeah, who were incredible bands. But they weren't even the main act. Exactly, yeah. yeah they was, they were the, the background. Support, yeah. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So it was... And and then, I mean, you can take it away from the the chart music and what people were aware of. There was a, a really vibrant underground scene, which I sort of still look back on very fondly, like the garage music scene. Garage, yeah, that listening, was late 90s. Yeah, listening to, to pirate radio stations. Yeah. And that There just seemed to be an a, a passion for the arts. Yeah, DIY. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was people... Seem to be on the up. I think, I think it was the exposure thing as well. We still hadn't reached a stage where <clears throat> everything was so accessible. Yeah. Um, so to go to a gig was still a unique experience. To go to a rave was still an experience. You couldn't go on YouTube and watch what someone had done the weekend before. Yeah. You was you had to experience it yourself. So yes. Yeah. It, it goes back to that whole different generation of actually having to go do something yourself without being able to just go online which the kids now that's all they know unfortunately yeah, yeah. Um, it's, I'm not saying that I'm not one of these people that says internet's all bad but the fact that to, to watch a I mean there's nothing worse than I think at football at music at shows any live act looking at a, 40 mobile phones recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really winds me up. I know. I, yeah, you, people aren't living for now, are they? No. They're looking forward to watching it back later or Instagramming it or whatever. But everything was on the up. Things were on the up. And that was no more apparent than at Chelsea Football Club. Down because Road, yeah. 1997, there was a new wave of players that were suddenly looking favourably at Chelsea. Chelsea were making these signings for big money at the time. Exciting players, foreign players... Bosman ruling came in, didn't it? Exactly. So that, that changed a lot. Premiership as a product was on the up. It was it was it was on its way to reaching what we know now. Definitely. It hadn't quite obviously made it. Football and was just in between coming out of the dark days of the early nineties, um, where the experience post Hillsborough was was still quite shocking as a supporter, as a young supporter. I still remember going to away games, even home games, the facilities and the way the police and the stewards treated everyone was, was atrocious. Um, there's no denying that. Standing at football, etc., run you know, the concrete. And so, 97, I think we, we sort of reached it's that. Suddenly changed. Yeah, well, yeah, not overnight. But no, but it was, there was a shift. It there, was a I, shift. It, I think there was a shift in the country and it, it demonstrated itself. At Chelsea, because the new wave of players were in, and then all of a sudden, Chelsea Football Club is about to have one of its greatest ever days, and that is 
a cup final at Wembley. May 97. We got an opportunity to do it again. Exactly. What yeah. went wrong in 1994, there was an opportunity here. And interestingly, I remember my dad saying at the time, 67 and 70, there was a... The, we learnt a lot from 67 to 70 and it felt like this and was, it was our the same time. thing because 67, 67, we played Tottenham, yeah. the Cotton Cup final yeah. and we 70 lost. 70, we came back stronger. 70, bigger. we came back stronger, yeah. beat Leeds. Now, same again. Yeah, this Three was years time. later, we're back. This was our time and, I mean, the goal that Di Matteo scored will live long in everyone's memory that, that experienced that because it was, it was so important to everyone involved with the club, I think. It was... Uh, it changed, it changed so much for everyone. And I now know what I'm about to say is a very flawed statement. I completely concede that everybody looks back on their you know, childhood years, their formative years with a lot of nostalgia and therefore positive thoughts. Yeah. However, I'm going to say it anyway, and I think it's true. That team yeah. was my favourite ever Chelsea team. And... I can't put my finger on why. People often have the conversation with me and they're like, what about Munich? What and of course, you know, I have an awful lot of love for that team as well. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. But for some reason, this team... It felt like something special. Yeah, they were ours. They were, it felt like we finally had a team to be proud of. Um, obviously, we'd grown up hearing about the 70s, but obviously hadn't experienced any of it ourselves. So to finally have a team that we... And I know Ken Bates used to touch on that a lot. He, he, he really wanted to get rid of the ghosts of the 70s. So when we finally had a team of our own that we could be proud of, it, it felt like... It couldn't get any better, or really. I, I remember walking down the Kings Road '97 after the Cup final and thinking, "This is it. This is this is where it. This is the peak." What was it about that team, though? Like, even if in, even in your own memory, what was it that makes you feel such an affinity? I think it was full of characters. Definitely full of characters. When you know, you look at you got your Frank Sinclair and your Eddie Newton together. Um, Dennis Wise is in there, obviously. We so they were our youth boys. They was our, they was our they were, Frank and Eddie came through. So there was that connection with the fans that they'd cleaned boots at Harleton. Yeah. Um, obviously, Dennis Wise had, had been with us pre-premiership. He'd, he'd grown a lot as yeah. a player. 
Um, but then you also had our, our, our bit of stardust in there. You had Robbie Di Matteo, Gianfranco Zola, and Mark Hughes, who sort of gave us them heroes that we'd we'd longed for for so long. You know. Yeah, it was a it was a wonderful balance, wasn't it? So players like players that you feel an affinity with, like Eddie Newton, Frank Sinclair, Dennis Wise, all wonderful players in their own right. But then in amongst that, you have arguably one of the greatest. Premier League players My favourite ever Joan Franco Zola Yeah I, I don't know if Chelsea Had ever seen a player You know We had had some Wonderfully gifted players Over the years But In terms of what he could do And the and the ease at which he did it I'm not sure that we'd ever Seen the light before No I hadn't But no way No way I mean Growing up early 90s Late 80s Early 90s We, we hadn't been blessed With anything of the sort And I think that um, He was part of the Obviously the big foreign invasion But what what came across with Zola was the way he embraced the club and the way he embraced the whole culture of... I mean, I think he saw it as a second chance. Yes. Um, he had fallen out of favour in Palmer, Italy. Yeah, Palmer, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Palmer. Yeah. Uh, we were a great team in the 90s, by yeah. the way, when you look at their lineup. Um, But no, he, I remember going to Blackburn for his debut and he wore a shirt. Yeah, he scored. No, he didn't score. Didn't he score a no. free kick? No, not away at Blackburn. Oh. No, at home. Yeah, Everton. That? that was Everton. To Everton, home. right. Blackburn right. away was his debut. Right. Um, he came on wearing a shirt that looked like it was sort of size. Big oh, about five. So what happens so. to me when I play football, Rob? <laughs> See me on a Thursday yeah. night playing for London City. We've got a really generous chairman, right? Yeah. And he turned up the other day when we were playing. He turned, we play up in Tottenham, on, actually on White Hart Lane. And I'll, I'll, this chairman turns up, who I've only met once before, really nice chap, and he opens a box full of all this gear, yeah. like all night, branded, yeah. people, you know what people are like. My entire team have gone right. rummaging, rummaging. I was like, if there's any small, like I really do with it, <laughs> smallest was medium. Right. And I put it on, I had to give it away. Yeah, too big. Massive. Yeah. I was, it looked exactly like Zola. I should wear it, really. If it was good enough for Zola, it's good enough for me. You have 25, number 25. Oh, I should get it printed. Yeah, so. that's it. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, I mean, when you see him doing that and coming on, Nobody knew, right, when you were up there watching him come on for a debut there, dressed like that. No, Nobody it was, would have must known. must have been October 96, something like that. Cause he Can't signed. have expected it to be this player that we're no. now talking about. No, no, you don't know what you're... I, I've got to confess, I mean, at the time I probably didn't even know who he was. No, it was a different era. It was yeah. very difficult to keep track, wasn't yeah. it? Um, but obviously, we all know what he went on to do for the club. I think he was the final piece of the jigsaw that um, gave that team what we were looking for. I mean, let's not let's not... Let's not sort of put our tinted glasses on too much. The league campaign itself wasn't a great success. No, we, no, we weren't week in, week out, sort of beating teams 8 0. Well, it's far from that, but it didn't need to be that. Yeah. It, that cup run gave us the hope that there was, the, that we had a team now that we could really be proud of, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? We t- we've spoken about this decade, and it certainly was a decade in which the biggest change in football ever occurred. And we've spoken about the people that made it so and the cut run. We've managed to do the whole thing without talking about one of the most wonderful men our club has ever been blessed with. That's Rude Hullet. Rude Hullet. Uh, he, he, deserves a, he actually deserves an episode oh, on, this, on his with, own. The thing with the 90s overall is that we could... There's so many paths you could go down in terms of which way your conversation goes. Well, actually, mate, that's a really interesting thought. There's a chance, depending on how this does. Like, any, there's no guarantee that anyone will listen to Rob. We could just be screaming in the dark. Mum will. But if, well, you know, if if we if anybody aside from both of our mums and both of our missus <laughs> listen, 
we could do a series. Like if people, if people listening actually like that idea, you know, leave a comment and let us know or whatever. Because well, we could kind of focus on different parts of this. With the Instagram page, I mean, I, I literally set that up on the back of being bored looking at nineties photos personally, <laughs> and I thought one day I just uploaded them to Instagram, and and the amount of comments that come through with people saying that's my favourite of a team, that's my favourite of a period, yeah. that's my favourite player. It's, that's my favourite kit. Kits, as, especially, are, uh, I mean, it was a golden period for Umbro. If you look at yeah, some yeah, of the yeah, yeah. kits that Umbro were pulling out yeah, in really days. good. But I don't know if people look back on them now being like thinking that they're really good. But um, I can, at the time, remember, I used to own it, but that tangerine and graphite kit wasn't viewed positively at the it, time. No, you're right, you're spot on. It was negative. It was really it negative. Was negative. And people now it go, became oh, a cult classic. It's exactly. now looking back on it. I used to love that white one. Do you remember the white one with the red laces? Commodore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, beautiful. Uh, Umbro, yeah, for some reason went back to the laces. Um, yeah. Ipswich and United, I remember also. But it was just a wonderful era, this, wasn't it? So it was a wonderful era for players and kits and in amongst it, we found some silverware. Well, that was the thing. We sort of managed to jump on the wave of, of, of where football was going. Luckily, I mean, we went on to win four trophies in three seasons, was it? Yeah. We were, Including we then went, Super Cup. We then went to the Super Cup. The fourth, so, obviously, you know, we, we won the Cup. They were, they were European champions. Maybe. Beat Real Madrid. Yeah, European champions. There was no mean feat then at all. We, we beat Real Madrid 1-0. Poirier. Poirier, your favourite player. Oof, oof, don't. <laughs> that's, a sort that's, of, a, that's a separate podcast. See, I, yeah, sit, yeah. I sit on the side of the fence that... I still like Poya. You sit on the side of the fence that you can't really mention his name. Yeah, he's not for me. No, he's not one. He's not I, one I like to look back on what he did. Um, that goal against Sunderland. It's because you're a more rational, normal person, <laughs> and I completely I've admire had a you for it. Few arguments with a, with a lot of, of of my mates at Chelsea, and there's not. I'm in the minority, definitely. But, but he 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 seemed to. He seemed that goal against Sunderland is probably one of the best goals I've ever seen live. There's no doubt, and him. I can't, I can't erase that. Oh mate, when I know I, what he did. I when, know yeah, what he yeah. Did. When I cuss him down as well, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I would never. I'm not an idiot. Yeah. I, I completely concede that watching him play football was a mesmerising, yeah. dazzling experience. Him and Zola, a lot of times, him and they had a special. Him and Zola and the goals that he was scoring. He's always wonderful for a big goal. Yeah. He would always get yeah. get you yeah. one that he mattered. Was, he get, was, for Lampard, he was our number. Yeah, eight get you the get you the goal that really yeah. that really counted, no, and. Look, it, it's not that I... I think the reason that the I, hatred I is there... It's that the hate is there because I loved him so yeah, much. it's one of them, it's, yeah. it's If I'd never loved him so much, I wouldn't care I now. just think that he, his beef was with Ranieri and not Chelsea fans. And, and people read that either one way or the other. We could go down we a could, long, yeah. dark alley here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's, let's think positive. We'll think positive. So we beat we beat Real Madrid and then we, were in, then we got to Wembley again, didn't we? Early 2000. Yes. Yeah. Georgie Weir's season. Georgie Weir, and we played. It was a last game. It was at a last game Wembley. at the old Wembley. Yeah. Um, and now that was a wonderful team because that season, like we, you know, we played some lovely stuff that year. In fact, the team, the Manchester United team that, that we beat five nil. That we beat that five was, nil. That was, that was a great day at Chelsea. I really do. But they were that. treble winners. They were treble winners. They, the they, previous they year, treble, they, that was un, supposedly Ferguson's greatest ever team. I would say Cole, Cole mate, it is Ferguson's but, greatest ever team. It's not only Ferguson's greatest ever team; it is the country's greatest yeah, ever. Yeah, it won I mean, the treble. Yeah, the treble. Think, I mean, it's out. And also, it's not. 
it's a serious treble as well. It involves yeah. a European Cup. Yeah, it's it not was. even a domestic and, treble. And they had to go some to win that European Cup as well. To be fair, looking back at it, they, yeah. they really did. But, but I mean, I would never ever knock that Manchester United team. But it that, was an that outrageous was a special day. I remember that five nil game very clearly. So do I, because Chris Sutton got the opener. Chris Sutton scored. He got the that, opener after they had about that clowning what? goal, didn't they? Taibbi, yeah, Massimo Taibbi. Um, we had. John, Jody Morris celebrating with a, gar- a, with yeah. a trumpet, the old garage celebration. Yeah. See, now there's another character from that era. Yeah. I don't think that Jody Morris gets the plaudits that he deserves. I don't think people look at him. His achievement is incredible. Yeah, looking back now, um, obviously he had to put. He was the first wave of young players that had to put up with the big influx of foreign players. So he had, yeah, he had, you know, a lot to prove. To, I mean, he came through with um, Nichols and John Harley and yeah, Clement, Clement, and they yeah. all sort of had made a couple of appearances and were moved on. But Morris seemed to be able to cement a place, play in big games. He played in Europe for us. He played played in them big big five nil games. Um, I think I think the only thing that stopped Jody Morris progressing was Dennis Wise, if if I, if I must say. Yeah, I'm, in the fact that it was Wise, that model of Wise player, had that centre midfield role sort of really sewn up for a couple of years where he was playing some brilliant football and I don't think Morris could ever really get in ahead of him and then Deschamps we signed um, Didier yeah. Deschamps I mean he, uh, but you've got to remember Didier Deschamps captain France to a World Cup not and getting in the team him, we signed him off the back yeah of not getting in the team ahead of Didier Deschamps yeah, yeah. Uh, it, there's no shame in that no, it, and, and the thing with J.D. Morris is people don't seem to acknowledge he grew up, as far as I know anyway, I think he grew up in West Kent. I think it's the close. I don't think anyone's ever been born closer to Stamford right. Bridge. He'd grown up in West Kent, in yeah. the shadow of Stamford Bridge, and gone on to play over 100 games yeah. for the club. That's Every not something... Every boy dream. It was Every boy. boy's dream. He was a ball boy at Chelsea. Every, have you, do you follow him on that? It's, yeah. Did you see a picture he put up? With his that, tie and his yeah, big, big double-breasted suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like a sort of a backstreet boy's haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah very brilliant. funny. But players, look, you look at him at that age... Growing up around there. Like Jodie Morris, I think the reason that I'm sort of pulling at this thread is because Jodie Morris is me. Yeah. He's just better at football than me. Yeah. But he's me, isn't he? He's a kid from, like, I'm from Kilburn. Yeah. He's from West Kent. Yeah. Both Chelsea fans. Yeah. He just happened to be a lot better at football than me and therefore has gone Quite to play a for the club. Quite a lot. Do you know what? <laughs> Do you know what? There was, uh, yeah, actually, I can't even, I can't even disagree. I was going to try and spin myself there, but I thought a lot of people watching this would watch those YouTube videos <laughs> yeah, exactly. and they'd see, they'd see it's a very flawed game. But technically, he was, he was, he was very, very good. The very touch, good. Yeah, the touch was great. He's still got it now, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you lose that. But no, I mean, that late 90s team, um, at the time, we, we, we came within a whisker of of upsetting the odds and winning the league, you know, if if we'd have won the league the year ninety eight ninety nine, yeah, that would have been the single greatest achievement yeah. by any Chelsea team ever. The treble would have never happened. The treble never would have happened. There would have been Chelsea would have been on a different level um, without you know the massive financial. I know Bates did invest a lot of money behind the scenes. But this was not on the, the league of Roman Abramovich, etc. And I think we just ran out of steam that season. Um, I think a few injuries done us. Injuries, poor. Steve Guppy. <coughs> Guppy at home. Dubry's own goal. Yeah. Um, yeah and then we went, out, we went out of the Cup Winners' Cup in Mallorca. Oh, that Wednesday was a, night. such a shame. Yeah, because I watched the Leicester game in Magaluf. Oh, did you? Yeah, there was like hundreds of Chelsea in Magaluf early because we'd done the week out there. 
So everyone's in the bars watching the Leicester game, and that guppy goal g- goes in, and um, I think that knocked Just the stuffing out of us. us yeah. Yeah, knocked the stuffing out of us. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge shame. But then you know we ended the season getting the Champions League football, which was you know for us at the time absolutely on a different level. It was it was it was nothing we'd ever dreamed of to come from the cup winning in '97 where we thought that was as good as it got. By '99, with them playing AC Milan at home in the first group game, um, yeah. there was a lot of people that night just looking around at each other. Just is, is this can't actually happening? Here. Yeah, is this um, because it was an incredibly glamorous? I mean, we still Milan celebrate team, a one-one draw in the San Siro. Yes, you know, you know, yeah. looking in 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 comparison now. The group games we play, they sort of they just roll into one now. Yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. But yeah. Then the fact that we still sing about that Dennis Wise goal out there, yeah, it's uh, it's very true. And this era now, it it that we're discussing, it just just seemed to incorporate everything to, that makes football so perfect. Because I think a lot of people now, you know, there's there's a, a distinct movement called sort of against modern football. Yes, and people think that it's gone too far one way. Yeah. The period that we're currently discussing, I think, gets the balance right from all angles. So I think what, following football... It was safe to take kids. It was safe to take kids, but it wasn't sterile. Correct. It had the balance perfectly right. It it was, you know, it was no longer pay on the the day and, and whatever, but it was affordable. Yeah. The players were superstars, but they weren't beyond us. Well, we, I used to go to Harleton training ground, sort of mid-90s, and um, we used to... I remember some holidays, we'd be behind the goal, and uh, Zola's practising free kicks. Yeah, he'd have and to run and get one. We're throwing the balls back at him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. now that just seems... Oh, it's a different world, I explain that to my sons, and they're like, what do you mean? Yeah. They're in a different world now. It's 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 That gap is so big now that it, we've sort of lost that connection, I think. And it has gone it has gone beyond that. Like I think the disparity between the fans and the players now, I think the reason that Antonio Conte is so loved at Stamford Bridge is because I think he fills that vacuum. I think people look at Conte, I certainly do, and I think he bridges the gap between players who I love, but I don't empathise with. Yeah. Suddenly, Conte's diving headfirst into into, the, into yeah. yeah you know he's into celebrating a West Ham goal yeah. the way that I am. Yeah. yeah. And and he gets I, criticised for it. Yeah. Yeah. But only by a fool. But I think do you know what? It's, but that's I think why characters like you know why, Morris like, and what? that are so important. Mo- Morris Wise, um, Eddie Newton, just people that you can empathise with yeah. as a fan makes so much difference, doesn't it? I think that going slightly off subject, but something you've touched on there I think the Italians have still got that mid 90s Lord of Roma support the other night it was unreal raw yeah. I was sitting next to them I was in the East Lower yeah. and with the boys with the boys and they didn't watch <laughs> one minute of the game they watched the Roma yeah, fans of course it's far more uh, it's, and, I remember being that, I was almost that. pleased that they were watching the fans because I'm thinking well they get what an appreciation of the culture they're not sort of scared or f- threatened yeah. by it they're actually saying wow dad look at them fans and I think the Italians, because they've had their... I mean, they've been out of the Champions League places in terms of final rounds, mm. etc., for quite a while. But I think they've, their fans and players have still got that connection that we seem to have mid-90s. Yes. And Conte, obviously, is aware of that. He knows he's Italian. He, he's not been in England that long. So when he jumps into the crowd, that that's perfectly normal to him. That, that's, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, that's what he does. I think you're right. I think they do certainly get it right. 
um, a lot. I think Italian football gets a lot right, and the fan culture there is very impressive. Yeah, and it reminds me of where we were, mid to late nineties. I think. Yes, it's it's true because it isn't it isn't the way it is now. No, and I don't. You know, I think that people like to make a case for different teams having good atmospheres and whatever. But whatever spin you want to put on mm. it, or whatever blinkers you want to wear with regard to your particular team. There is a problem with atmosphere in British stadiums. Yes, correct. Yeah. It wasn't the case in the nineties. I don't think that's ever going to change now, though. No, I, I think can't it might. See how how that ever returns to where it was. If I'm honest, Raw. I'm not sure. The, I'm not I sure mean, it Swan, has if to. If you look at your Swansea, your Stoke, where you've got the small capacity, it's a lot easier to generate. Um, as soon as you go into your fifties, sixties, then you've got that. You've got. You've lost something. I think. Well, I think I think what happens is when you go into your fifties and sixties, it's not fifty thousand fans who are willing to sing. And not, who are there for? No, I think because not because what? Club, no, watching what happens is you get a lot more corporate yeah. sections of a football yeah. ground. Like when Stamford Bridge is remodelled, we're going to go up. We're going to jump what twelve thousand seats. Mm. That twelve thousand seats is going to no, allow. F- well, no, we're going to go to sixty. 60 yeah, right. And my maths is off, isn't it? Yeah, about 19,000, 18,000 increase. <laughs> All right, there's... there's uh... <laughs> yeah. If I knew how to edit, I'd get rid of that. I just don't know how to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, so we're going to go jump, yeah, jump 18,000 seats. You know that's going to equate to only about seven to 800 yeah. new seats yeah. for the average fan. It's all going to be for corporate supporters. Yeah. So unless you really galvanise... The rest of the ground, which I don't know if that's a priority for the club or not, my guess would be not, mm. then it's going to be a very, think, very flat atmosphere. I think Tottenham's going to be a big test. Because um, they've got that one they, cop, they, haven't they? They've they got keep one... harping on about having this big one end, but I don't think that whatever they do will, will be White Hart Lane, personally. I don't think they're going to be able to replicate White Hart Lane. I think... They're in with the best chance because they've created because they seem to have had the fact that we're even having a conversation that they've put remember, the effort into it. You got to remember you have got three other sides of the ground though, Rob. But you can make an atmosphere off the back go... of one ground. I remember I know that the rest of the ground pipes up, but even when I think you know the Dortmund is is the famous example yes. where you've got the wall. Yes. But even even coming back to sort of British football, I can remember being at Liverpool. Say I don't know where it'd be now, five, six, seven years ago. We lost 2 0, it's freezing. Mm. Fernando Torres scored two. Oh, yeah, great. Just before we yeah. signed him, actually, yeah, I think. Mean, cut in, scored. And I can remember that entire cop, which is one, yeah. bouncing yeah. in rhythm to that Fernando to Torres yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. It does happen. I think one level of support can generate an atmosphere. I think the problem is when you get grounds like Wembley, like Arsenal, where you've got that ring in the middle. Yeah, which we've got. Corporate have. ring. Are we? Yeah, we've got. Well, no, they're saying it's not going to be corporate. They're saying that. They're going to guarantee that the three tiers at each end are for seats only, but I don't know. Well, I think I, I mean, th- I mean, what's even going on on the ground? It seems to have died a death anyway. Well, I don't know if they're waiting on planning. I've, well, I think you know, last I heard, Tottenham are looking at um, Tottenham are looking at staying for another year. Yeah, I've heard they've got that. some electrical issues or something. If Wembley for me is going to be, um, yeah, it, it's it's terrible. It could kill us for all. I think it's terrible. It I could. I've, I've got Tottenham friends who have been to one game. Seasons ago, I've been to one game. I know. It's it's very troubling, mate. I'm really I'm really worried about it as well. But there, I, were, I who came up with was it your idea? Who said about Fulham? Someone said about Fulham. I idea. said Fulham. I think Fulham's a great place to share, but it's never going to. It's not a viable option. It's a great idea. Roman for me, puts. But, Money on the table says we're going to build you two brand new stands, 
we share with you for three years. It's, it's thoughts like this, Rob, the reason you're not a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how millionaires it. make their money, think by giving it, it all away. Think it. about it. Fulham, we're not down them two no, stands. I, mate, there's there's something in what you're saying, but it's never it's and then never we, all viable. All we've got to do, we can still drink on the Fulham Road, you know. Now that's their priority as well, mate. Where you have a drink is definitely <laughs> the forefront of Roman and Bramovich's thoughts. That's all part of it, though. That's all part of the match experience. I, but, mate, I agree with you. I think I there's going to be a real problem. You know, going back to the '90s, when I think back now, that our stretch of Fulham Road where we sort of socialise, well, as a teenager, I had eight nine pubs to uh, yeah, to, oh, no, yeah, to yeah, choose yeah, from. Right. From Shoeless down, yeah. Shoeless Joe's down to all the way, all the way down to the uh, whatever's just, just just closed down. Yeah, you could well, they're all closed down. Yeah, the but, one that was it's just closed down. But though. especially, I used to go from from the Wamba, well we called it yeah. Jam Tree, Jam or Tree. Was Come the Revolution, it was called. Come then. the Revolution, yeah. Which was um, was really good then. I mean, they used to have live bands in there after games, so that shows the yeah. connection that the uh, the Britpop bands used to play. Yeah. After games in there, so yeah, there was yeah. that connection between Chelsea and music, then into the music, yeah. And then you could work your way from there and do literally eight pubs to Fulham Broadway, nine, ten pubs. What have you got there now? One. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah. I think I think Chelsea leave them pubs are all gone. I think you are probably correct, but I hope you're wrong. Unless you've got the made in Chelsea crowd, obviously. I don't know if they generate enough. No, they don't go out enough, I don't think. No, I don't know if they generate, they don't drink as much as football fans. No, this is it, this is it. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it's, that, what happens What happens with this new stadium is certainly certainly something that we need to discuss. And that was another major, um, when we talk about change throughout the 90s, if you look at the picture of Stamford Bridge in 1990 compared to 1999, it was... it was Completely unrecognisable. It was unreal. It? Yeah. Everything that changed... Wait, what's the only constant? The East End? The East End's the only constant, yeah. We lost the Shed. No, we lost to Matthew Harding. Matthew no, I think we lost the Shed first. I think I remember sitting in the temporary, temporary shed, shed while they when the day that the day the Matthew Harding opened. Yes, you're right. I fine. remember because no, I fine. went to go into the Matthew Harding. I was taken to that to the Matthew yeah. Harding to go in there on the opening day, yeah. and it couldn't get in. It was sold, sold out. out. So we were like, oh, go into there. the temporary stand, and it became our home end on the back of that. Really? Yes. You know, we lost one 0 Everton, I think. Right. Okay. If I remember rightly, it's Everton. Paul Rideout. That's, that's the completely that's the sort of things you remember. That's if if that's right, I need to check that. I think we lost the opening day. I think Paul Rideout scored for Everton. Oh, we lost one 0 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It rings a bell now. Mad, isn't it? Yeah. Mad how you yeah. remember that. And I, I reckon, if anybody's listening, anybody who's listening who has an affinity to this era, will completely understand that. Yeah, yeah. get that. Absolutely, you're yeah. absolutely right. Our temporary shed was really good, wasn't it? For us, temporary shed was it good. Felt... It's where Millwall were. Yeah. It's where Millwall it was in '95. Millwall yeah. in '95. The whole thing was shaking. But yeah, if you ask anybody listening to this now, is a game that you've got to play. Name the person who missed. The penalty against Millwall, because we were discussing that. Name the person who missed that penalty, which made made sure that we were thrown out of the cup. And for a bonus point, name the Millwall keeper. Bet you they get those two right. Yeah. I bet I, you they... I, you know the two? No, I don't even have to think about it. Right. So. I bet you everybody listening knows it. Yeah. Here's another question. Name the goal scorers from Nottingham Forest in a previous round of the uh, Carabao Cup. Yeah. People can't. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's, funny. It's etched in your in your sort of your makeup, isn't it? It's uh, especially that Millwall game was uh, 
Yeah, well, it was. I can remember. It was. It was police horses on yeah, the pitch, and that. I don't think it's ever happened since. Like that, has headline it? news, that was. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. No, has nothing. Like I that. can remember. I was fifteen at the time, and it was. It was an eye opener. Because we went away first, didn't we? We did. We drew nil nil away at Millwall. I weren't allowed to go to that, no. but the home game. It's a local one, too as well. Isn't it, it is. Yeah, but my dad was. Uh, he put his foot down on that, <laughs> which I was gutted about. Um, but the home game was an eye opener. It really yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Them yeah. days are long gone now, but yeah, and and I think this is it though, isn't it? This is why slightly later in the nineties to to this Millwall game, it was the perfect precipice. Yeah, because those days were over. Yeah, fans fighting on the pitch, police horses on the pitch, people being admitted to hospital by in a dozen mm. are over. Yeah, but the atmosphere remains, and the clientele, and the clientele aren't priced out yet. Yeah. And, and the, I think the players are football aren't... still wasn't a a business tool. Um, no, it was going that way. It, but was, it, going, it was starting yeah, yeah, yeah. to move that way, but people didn't take their clients to, to, to Chelsea versus Arsenal. Um, they would go to the theatre or something. Yes. Now it's a massive. It's a day out. It's a day out. It's, it's a, a big business tool. Do you know what? I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you so much for coming on, mate. Can I just say one more thing? Of course you can. You can do what you like. You're the special guest. We will guest. be lynched if we don't mention. One player, Go on. and I, he's just come to me. Hit me, Super Dan. Love him. He 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 was for me, you know, very very special in, at that time because he was. He's an incredible man, Dan. He is. Do you know what his daughter's name is? Chelsea. Yeah, it's a special thing, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, he just came to me thinking about my favourite team. We can't mention Dan Petrescu's mm. criminal. No, Dan Petrescu was a truly truly incredible player. Do you know my favourite Dan Petrescu? We can finish by this actually. Yeah. Giving your your Dan Petrescu moment. Yeah, I've got one in my I've head. I've got one. Ready? Or can I go first in case go you've on. got the same one? And then the I have to think of another I bet one. it's the same. He scored a goal against Arsenal. Ah, oh, you've got it. Oh, is it the same yeah. one? And then he. Turns it's all right. Do you know what? You can, have, you can have the Arsenal goal. Over to you. I've got another one. He turns around celebrating, saying, What a yeah. goal. He swears. He says. He just says, <laughs> What a brilliant lips, goal. But he swears. And you can lip read him perfectly. Yeah, that was first game. That was Viali's first game. champagne before they went on the pitch, apparently. They drunk champagne before they went that, on the pitch. That was the, that was the story at the time. Wow. Yeah, imagine that. And well, yeah, we won 3-1, didn't we? Yeah, we knocked him out and made it to the final. Di Matteo scored a Made it to blinder. the final. Beat me, was bro. It was another cup in the bag. And Di Matteo that day he scored, scored an absolute, absolute blinder. Yeah, incredible goal. What was your Petrescu My moment? My favourite Dan Petrescu moment. I think we played Galatasaray yeah. at home. I think we won 1-0. And... There was a bit of a ricocheting goal. Uh, in the, and they in were the, decent the, They were good. They yeah, were yeah, a decent yeah. team. The, the ball's kind of dropped to him. And he was so good at this. You know, bearing in mind he's a right back. He's like sort of the coolest right back, both Ever. on and off the Ever. pitch. But the ball's dropped to him in, in the area. You've got the Galatasaray keeper coming at 100 miles an hour. You've got the defence sliding in. You've got the whole stadium eyes on you. And he sort of dummies a shot, stands yeah. bolt upright, kind of stands bolt upright to control the ball, brings it down. Dummies a shot and then just rolls it in. Like, yeah. no no drama, and just I think, rolls it in. As you say, to end on that, I think he does sum up that whole Chelsea era for me. Yeah, what a, note, what a note to finish on, the wonderful Dan Petrescu. Right, I think that, that sums it up. So, firstly, thank you so much for coming on. Thank Make you, sure, Ron. thank you. It's been a pleasure. It's, it's a joy to have you. It really has been great fun, this. Make sure that you check out the Instagram page. It's CFC underscore 90s. And do us a favour. If you've enjoyed this podcast, will you leave a comment? Leave a review and subscribe and I will see you next week. Go on you blues.